What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken. And joining me today, as always, is the man who has become quite discerning as to which movies he chooses to see in the theater and the ones he sees at home. The good deacon, Scott Aiken. Gosh, I used to always go to the movies, but now we have a choice and I still have to see it on the big screen. So as I was telling my daughter and son-in-law, if if I'm not turning my head, I'm just watching TV. So I have to sit like right up near the front on a big screen that is a movie theater so I can look side to side. It does seem like though, when I look at the number of movies that we've seen, and we've gone to a few since COVID reopened, but even on all of the years before that, you have a process as to which movies you will see at home versus what you'll see in the movie theater. They are rarely the movies that I would see in a movie theater. There's something, there has to be a car chase. There has to be something that blows up. uh, There has to be something that makes a lot of noise. So we just went and saw a movie, my daughter and son-in-law, and it had all of that. It met all those criteria. It did, and it did it in the Dolby Atmos Theater, which means Dolby Atmos is like the most surround sound, loud sound, feeling sound you can possibly have in a theater. Oh, it was great. Uh, but I'll say this for sure. I definitely enjoy the movies that we go to together. It's one of those things, and we've talked about it on the show, that's just kind of maintained us for many years of dating and marriage. It was one of those things that we just really enjoyed doing. Now, in the lean years, when you were in college, it would be like uh, dinner and we'd go to a movie, but by the end of the month, it was rent a video in a take and bake pizza. But nonetheless, (laughs) it was still a really enjoyable time to walk through the old blockbuster, look at the covers of the different movies. I think, you know, people today kind of missing out on being able to do that. Yeah, it's a whole new world with all the streaming, and that's that streaming has changed through through this pandemic, and so that's even become more of the case. Where am I going to go see it at the movie theater? Or am I going to go? Am I going to watch it on my big screen at home? And the screens are bigger at home, right? They're so, like a movie theater right, in home, right? But not mine, not mine. I just the same for the audience. Keep in mind small because I want to go to the theater. Well, you talked about going to see the movie this week with our daughter and our son-in-law. They are here on a visit. We were so excited because we got to celebrate with them their one-year anniversary. And in fact, our daughter is joining us in studio today. Alyssa, you've been to a few movies with us. Are you with dad in that you like to see things that blow up and make noise and car chase? Or will you see, you know, just about anything on a big screen? Well, I always like to say that dad, in a way, was my first boyfriend because I often would go see those action-packed movies with the car chases and the blowing up, um, and we would spend so much time going out together and having fun. I did kind of like that when you got to a certain age where you could start to see some of those types of movies because... Yeah, I didn't have to go stay up late to watch movies that I didn't want to see. So you guys really started to do that. And I love how you put that dad was kind of your first dates because it set a a level of a bar that I hopefully judged young men by. And I would definitely say it was a high bar set because we have a son-in-law that meets those high level criteria. Alyssa, you just celebrated one One year. year. How fast does the first year of marriage go by? It went by in a blink. 
I swear to this day, it still feels like we only got married a month ago, but it's been a year. And part of that might have been because of the current circumstances that we're all facing right now. But it really does just flash by. And all of a sudden, it's a new apartment that we're moving into this week. It's a new job that we're starting up. It's something just new coming around every corner. I love how you put that. It is new. It's all new. It's it's getting married is new. It's living together. It's new. There's so many firsts that happen that first year of marriage. Yeah. And looking back a year, everything that you and I got to go through as we watched plans be made mm-hmm. and then canceled because of COVID. But I look in our backyard, Alyssa, and every time I can't help but remember and smile your first dance. It was in our patio in the backyard. Could it have been better any other way? No, I really don't think it could have been. There was something about taking away all the stresses of trying to plan something big for all your family members, for all your friends to come and just doing something where it's like, you know what? We don't need to have, you know, a choice of fish or chicken inside of a big hall with lots of table placings and all that. It was just Let's call the barbecue place and see if they can come in in two weeks and give us some really good barbecue food and mac and cheese. And it, it, was great. it really made it feel like it was a family event rather than this big grand. Yeah. I think your dad partially thinks it was really great because he saved a whole lot more money by having it in the backyard than he did at kind of the venues that we were looking Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some might call it frugality. I, I think it's better called cheap. But it was great food and it was great, great experience and that great, beautiful day that we had. So, yeah, we and, I, you know, about the new things that, yeah, the first year of marriage is all new. Mm. But I think it's together you start to learn kind of the rhythm of each other's lived experience of living the, the daily life that begins to after 32 years. We, we have that awareness. But, boy, that first year is like every day is new because you're doing it together for the first time. But then after after that first year, you begin to get the rhythm and pretty soon 32 years go by and we look at it like, mm-hmm. that's not a blink, but it's a, maybe, a, maybe a long blush. <laughs> no doubt. And it's fun, Alyssa, to have you here today because we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about, well, food, food like what we had at your wedding, food that we eat every day. When you were young, you had some funny eating habits because there were times that you love something, and then the next time I gave it to you, you didn't like it. And then mm-hmm. a week later, you just decided to go on a food strike altogether, and you wouldn't eat anything until we took you to the salad bar restaurant. So today on View from the Pew, we're going to also talk with Mary Harrell, our good friend who is raising a large family too, and she's living through what it takes to get everybody a healthy meal. And then in our view, we want to share with you some of the habits new to us that we've learned towards healthy eating and living better lifestyle by that. So stay with us. We've got a great show ahead on this week's View from the Pew. 60 seconds now feels more like 30. TikTok won't stop and round it goes. Sand through the glass, your balls in a hurry. And all you keep trying to do is slow it down. So get in. St. John Paul the Great spoke of time, wisdom, and the elderly. On one hand, time flies by, and as Christians, we know well the immortal soul and the awesome sense of hope that comes from spending an eternity with God. For the season of aging, we have great examples of wisdom and productive lives. 
Moses leading his people, and Zechariah having a son, John the Baptizer. Those of advanced years offer so much, a perspective of the past and eternity ahead. The elderly are experts at human affairs. Precisely because of their mature experience, they are able to offer young people precious guidance. And with years comes a greater focus on God and eternity. To the young, visit with an older person. Seek out their wisdom. To those aging, continue to provide the blessings of perspective. This has been Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. I am always amazed at just how different each one of my children are, and those characteristics are especially apparent when it comes to dinner time. One kid will eat everything in sight. The next one won't touch a thing on their plate, but will eat it all if they find it in the cracks of the couch. And then, of course, there is that one where you think is just going to fall over because they don't want to have any of it. Well, if this is your experience, you're not alone. Mary Harrell, the domestic apologist, is with me again to commiserate and to give you some ideas to make dinner time a little more manageable. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Choo-choo, open wide. Here comes the uh, mashed potato train. Yep, that's that's my life right now, Brenda. Nice to be with you again. I love the train. In fact, that's that's a good way to get a whole lot of meals inside of your kids, especially if they're picky eaters. Do you have picky eaters in your household? I would say that my first two children uh, really survived on goldfish and juice boxes for a solid three years in childhood. I don't know how they made it through. I don't know. But now that has passed. And I think that should give hope to everyone. The picky eater phase, at least for mine, it wasn't so much that they were picky as much as they took forever to chew things. It was like meat became a wad of meat gum in their mouth and they chew it for 12 minutes. And by the time you chew something for 12 minutes, you don't really want to swallow it. It has lost all taste, texture. Yeah, not enjoyable. Yes. Well, the many bitefuls of food from my children have often ended up in my hand as they start to spit it out all over. Well, let's talk about picky eaters or good eaters. In fact, Mary, I had to have Mm -hmm. four children before I had one that would eat everything. Good news (laughs) is, well, fortunately, the older they got, they did eat better. So we're going to spend a little time talking about what you do in your household to make sure Mm -hmm. everybody's getting a good meal and really Mm -hmm. getting enough calories in them. And let's talk about this because this is so, I I think, prevalent now compared to, I even think when I grew up, I'm pretty sure I never knew anybody with a food allergy, but it does seem to be kind of prevalent now or Mm -hmm. gluten issues or even celiac disease. Right. Not that you have children with, with food allergies, but there are kids, especially picky ones, where you know that they're not going to eat what you make. Do you make separate mm-hmm. meals for those kids, or is everybody just getting on the same meal plan? I would say from the start, I have I have never 
said I'd be a mom cooking separate meals for the kids. But I will say I do try and make a point to have something on the plate that everyone at least looks looks forward to eating. So I will try and have either the vegetable or the meat or the secondary vegetable or the salad. I want everyone to look forward to at least one aspect of every meal. So, you know, that doesn't mean I'm always serving chicken nuggets to everybody, you know, every night, but it is that if they don't like the mashed potatoes, I try and also have baby carrots. If they don't like salad with dressing, I try and also cut up a cucumber so that even if you're, you know, choking down a bite of something you find truly awful, there is something to chase it with. Always have a chaser that someone can use to after like that bite that. they don't like. And yeah. then, uh, you know, as families and couples, you want to have be able to have time together. Of course, COVID has also mm-hmm. made date nights really difficult to plan. Oh. Do you ever make kind of something yummy or special for just you and your husband? Yes, I would say that, especially in this past year with restaurants, you're not sure if they're open or closed or what their their status is. We enjoyed this year cooking. The one time I do cook a separate meal for the, the kids, the chicken nugget meal, give them what they like. And then when we ordered takeout, we would just get takeout for Sean and I. And so that way you're not paying those exorbitant kid meal prices that for things you know that they probably won't eat or it's so much they're not going to eat it and they're gonna, you're going to end up throwing it away. We would just order the fancy food that mom and dad are going to eat and everyone else rejoiced because it was a chicken nugget night or it was, you know, a tater tot night in the house. And so everyone was happy and it made date night cheaper and, you know, easy for, for dad and I. Uh, Mary, that is a brilliant idea to be able to do date night right in your own house, especially if the kids Uh knew they were getting those chicken nuggets or mac and cheese kind of dinners that they don't (laughs) always get to have. Well, it's a special night for everybody. Mary Harrell is joining me today. You listen to some of the great interviews that Mary offers on the Morning Blend. Today, we are talking about making dinner time a little bit easier with little ones. Mary, a while back, I reported on a recent mom-troversy, the mom controversy, (laughs) and it had to do with the idea of if and when the kitchen closed. Now, some were of the mindset that, boy, this is dinner time. When dinner time is over, I clean it up. The lights go off and we're all done. Other moms Mm. felt, well, no, you know, not everybody's always hungry at the same time. So Mm. if they wanted to go back in and get something else to eat, Well, that was available to them. Where do you fall in this controversy? Gosh, that is a great controversy. I'd love to wade into that one. I am definitely of the mind that you cook dinner, I do the dishes, and then your options after that point are some apple slices and maybe like a quarter of a graham cracker. We, We try and enforce that... We tried to cut the snacks in the afternoon by four o'clock to make them hungry for dinner. But Brenda, the, the biggest thing I would say is in our dinner time rule is that no one's allowed to sit down at the table and say, what are we having? Oh, I hate that. No one mm. may ever say that at our table. You, what, you sit down at the dinner table, you assess what is being served that night. And the only thing you are allowed to say is, thank you for dinner, mom. And that's it. That's the only thing I allow my children to give me in terms of feedback. If they like it, I'll always take something beyond that in terms of, I like this. Ooh, we haven't had this in a long time. This is my favorite example of soup or whatever. But when you allow, I think, the children to to feel like they're opinion of what you are making for them out of the Lord's bounty, out of what he is providing for them. If you allow them to scorn that, 
I think you do run into the trouble of, okay, well, what else would you like? Let me get my food will go cold while I go make you a grilled cheese. That's fine. At least to us. No, that's not fine. And Mm. you sit down, try and be grateful. I mean, because I think the parents, we have to do that too. We have to be grateful for what the Lord puts in our path. And we need to show children, yes, you must do the same. I don't know. That's how we work. Do you work like that? Well, of course, when they were little and it was up to mom to make all of the meals, most definitely once dinner was over, lights were shut off. And I really didn't Mm -hmm. even do too much of the snacking because I knew my kids, if they knew they could get a snack after dinner, they would just hold off until snack time later. Of course, as the kids Mm -hmm. get older, I got a couple kids that can make a pretty good meal. So not only will they eat what's for dinner, well, they'll also have a little bit more of it warmed up before they go to bed and maybe even sometimes make it. They'll make the dessert for everybody. Uh, Mary, Aww. then I have. So, but this leads me to a, another question, because our oldest daughter, you know, as we're new parents, we you're. Kind of want to make sure you're doing the right things. You're trying to make them colorful meals that had lots of fruits oh, and yeah. vegetables and everything. But there would be times where she just wouldn't eat anything, just not hungry and just would push it aside. And, you know, the days would start to go by and you think this kid's got to eat something. And there was a restaurant, a salad bar restaurant that we would just kind of start to frequent because we knew that was the Mm. place where she was going to start eating. Have you ever done it with your kids where you realize they're not eating, they're not eating? And finally, you just Mm -hmm. say, hey, you got to finish that plate. No more of this poking around. I really embraced the power of the smoothie back in, this was like at least three, four, five years ago. I don't know. We've been doing it a long time because, yes, I was tired of looking at my child's dietary day or dietary week and thinking, where is the good food that they are eating to sustain these little growing bodies that are growing so furiously? Right. Where is the good food? And so I read a couple books and we embraced the idea of every day or every other day, Mom makes a smoothie, and into the smoothie, essentially, I blend up a salad. I blend up a salad of spinach into a smoothie with bananas and pineapples and peaches and blueberries. So we have the antioxidants, and we have the vitamin D. We have all of that in one place. It's basically sweet because spinach is a, you know, just kind of a blank slate. And if they drink their smoothie for the day, I feel good. I feel calmer knowing they've had some raw vegetables, they've had raw fruit, They didn't have to choke it down. It's a lot easier to drink a salad through a straw than it is by a fork in the little mouth, right? I mean, salads are kind of intimidating for them and broccoli and vegetables. So I found if I did that, I was a calmer person and I felt better about that they were getting the nutrition they needed because it's a real struggle getting those little kids to eat healthy foods. Oh, sometimes it can be. And Mary, I'm with you. If for a little while, if you've got to hide it in the good food, I would do that too. It's amazing the Mm -hmm. kind of vegetables you can grind up into a meatloaf. I'm just saying. (laughs) And then Mary, one final thought. Do you cut off the crust or you make that sandwich whole? Oh, I make the sandwich whole and then I end up yelling at people for throwing it away. I'm a yeller. I'm a total (laughs) yeller. Oh, and see, I would also leave the crust on, but I'd also know that my husband would come along behind the kids at lunchtime. He'd just eat up all those (laughs) leftover crusts because there was always a little sandwich in there, too. Mary, it's always great to talk with you. You are a wealth of wisdom, experience and laughs. Thank you so much. You too, Brenda. Always a hoot. God bless.
it's time for this week's View from the Pew. Scott, listening to Mary talk about making these meals for kids and some like it and some don't like it. One's going to eat it out of the couch, but not on the plate. (laughs) It's exhausting. How many meals have you had that were really basically all of the leftover pieces on the kids' plates? The the shrapnel dinner? Yeah, everything that's left over, I scoop up and and eat off their plates. Yeah, it was, you know, raising the the kids, you have to be a a magician and a salesperson and probably a host of other professions to get food in their body because they're just, they, they would eat Cheerios and mac and cheese and French fries. All day long if you let them. But you know, funny thing is, is that now as they're older, they don't. They don't really like like fries and, and Cheerios, but mac and cheese that still hangs around. It's still one of those comfort foods that so many people enjoy eating. Well, we are talking about healthy eating in our first segment. We our daughter joined us for the show. We talked about how they just celebrated their one year wedding anniversary. We had about oh well over a year to plan that wedding. And we both knew that we didn't look like what we wanted to look like for their wedding. So we started a process to, like many people do as they get ready for a wedding, we wanted to slim down a little bit. Now for you and I, we used a method called the keto diet. And we loved it. And in fact, we loved it so much, we don't even think about it as a diet anymore. It's just generally how we are eating our way through. So important we realize to think about and understand what we put into our bodies. Our bodies are a gift from God. And we had been abusing them for quite a while with the foods that we were eating. Yeah. And I was of the mind that we have to eat three meals a day. But, you know, we learned that the habits like time-restricted eating, where we don't eat three meals a day. We don't mm-hmm. need to eat three meals a day. And, you know, especially as we get older. So, you know, one of the things we've talked about recently is that we now share meals at restaurants. Like our parents. Like our parents. We're looking like, gosh, we sound just like our parents. Let's just split that meal. But, you know, those are those are habits that you have to adapt as your life changes. And I think that's the thing we learned over this past year is we can change. We can change. And one of the things that eating in this particular diet, and we really started to appreciate for is especially when you look at scripture, Christ went to the desert. He'd fast for 40 mm-hmm. days. Many saints would offer up food as an as an offering and as a way to, during Lenten seasons, to give up things that we like in order to kind of purify our hearts, minds, and souls to be refocused. In the time that we have been eating the way we have, a clarity of mind that has come has really brought an appreciation to that type of biblical eating that people experienced. And, and the, they call it the ketogenic lifestyle is really the focus of that. And, you know, it's been, uh, I've had so many benefits from that health-wise that um, have, you know, I've borne for years and I didn't need to, like indigestion. Mm-hmm. I've had that for years, right? Um, but just the clarity of thought too. And I can see why uh, the mystics, why the saints uh, suggest and really, it really encourage people to consider fasting because when you're fasting, the clarity in your mind really becomes incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, the brain fog that so many people might experience it goes away mm-hmm. because carbs tend to create that brain fog. Um, so we've really cut back our cars. We're eating, eating a lot more healthy food and, and it's just been a, a tremendous benefit. Uh, you know, when I do homilies, I'm having to think, I can think so much clearer since we've been on on this lifestyle of eating. And I think also, again, by the way that we are eating, we recognize 
Yeah, our, our bodies are gifts. And especially with COVID, we are watching the average lifespan is actually decreasing now because of what we are going through. Uh, we overeat, uh, people smoke too much, they drink too much. And again, if you recognize that your body is that temple, that gift from God, is that the way that you treat gifts? Well, no, and it's so easy in the United States, there's food everywhere. You don't can't go to an event. You can't take your kids to an event without someone being in charge of bringing the snacks, right? That's always like, right. oh, we got a soccer game, who's bringing the snacks? It, it, somehow those, those, everything surrounds eating in our society. We gather together as family, we celebrate and we eat. And there's nothing wrong with it. Life is meant to be celebrated, but also it's not meant to be overindulged. Right, and last week's gospel, uh, uh, John was focusing on the feeding of the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes. It's a necessity, mm-hmm. and Christ affirms that necessity. And how we do it, though, is really key, that we do it in community. And one thing we've learned in COVID, we've, we can come back together as family and eat together as family. And I, I hear that time and again from families at the parish that I serve at, that they're eating together again. And it makes a difference not only in the kinds of foods you eat, because you aren't as apt to eat the fast food, but also in your speed at which you eat it, because you're sitting at a table, talking with one another, taking your time, appreciating what it is. So there's a whole host of things that we've learned through this time of, of uh, COVID that I think are actually benefits in, in regard to health eating, healthy eating. So if you think back, we had that very special opportunity, you and I, uh, we went away together on a vacation. This was obviously before COVID. We spent time in Spain. We spent time in Portugal. That is one of the things we definitely noticed was the care and attention that people gave to coming together to eat. It was time well spent, and it was a lot of time spent because their meals, well, they lasted up to two hours sometimes, just for an an afternoon lunch. They lived well, but they lived well and ate well together. Scott, before we go, will you end us in a prayer today? Yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great gifts you've given us in terms of our health, for the gifts of our ability to provide food on our tables. We pray especially for those who need our help And may we be an instrument for you to give to those most in need. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And and that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.